Wow. <laughs> I want to hear that again, honestly. That's a Glen Cairn for you. They do mm. sing. Mm. So, you're killing something that we've had for too long. I am indeed. This is Pumpkin Patch from Rogue mm-hmm. Brewing. So, switching it up with a beer today. We've already had pumpkin ale on the podcast once, a year ago almost. But was it this? It was that. Mm. I think we had a pumpkin ale taste off. Ooh, if we hadn't, if we haven't already, we should. We'll also do. I mean, we've done that in real life. We have, and and we also have done a German beer taste off. Did a Kolsch taste off. We did uh, Oktoberfest. Oh. We did all of the Oktoberfest. We should do a Kolsch because Kolsch are amazing. We should do a Kolsch one when we get back from this uh, road trip that we're going to talk about. Uh Uh, We'll do a Kolsch taste through. In July, because it's it's going to be too late for summer. But it's August, so it's still Kolsch season. It's still summer <laughs> beer season. Um, but yeah, Kolsch, 100%. We should do a taste-through taste of that. We should do a taste-through of Oktoberfest, and we should do a taste-through of pumpkins. Pumpkins. Because I am here for the pumpkin beer. And then if we're still into it, we could do a taste-through of Christmas beer. Mm. Mm. I'm here for it. Mm. We might have to have a guest on for that one. <laughs> We might bring our uh, good friend on that is a big fan of dark beers. Mm. Yeah. Then we'd have to tell people about this. We would have to tell people. Well, or we could secret, secretly record, secretly record <laughs> what his thoughts are. Is Oregon a two-party state? <laughs> He's an interesting guy. He'd be able to definitely talk thoroughly and engagingly about dark beer. Okay. He knows his stuff. He knows what he likes. And I can I can source some interesting Christmassy beers. I know I know people. I do know people. Ah. In Oregon, it is legal to record telephone conversations with the consent of only one party, but recording in-person conversations requires the consent of all parties, except for in certain circumstances. Like this one. <laughs> Such as when all parties reasonably should have known they were being recorded. Hmm. Well... They wait. So only if they should have known that they would be recorded. Yeah. So if they didn't know that they were being recorded and had they no reason, they can sue you. Oh. For recording them. Ah. <laughs> lawsuits. Yeah. Love lawsuits. I don't know that this guy would sue us. Speaking of which, we changed the name of this podcast. Oh yeah, we got to cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> which means we've truly made it. <laughs> we've truly made it. Uh, apparently, can't be called porch pounders. Nope. So we're not porch pounders anymore what are we called now we are just parched we're parched the parched podcast <laughs> i honestly thought about calling it maybe i should maybe i will at some point switch it to being the parched pounders podcast <laughs> perched pounders perched pounders <laughs> but that's asking for it for simple for simplicity we're just gonna call ourselves the parched podcast until someone else sends us another cease and desist and says Hey, you can't be called that. And then we'll just be called the No Name Podcast. That's probably taken. And that's probably taken as well. <laughs> Maybe once people know about us doing this thing, then we can just use our names. I mean, I'm not an attorney. I don't know things about Well, law. if it's trademarked, I get it. But, like... But can you trademark everything that... Can you would... trademark a brand? Yeah, but... That's... 
I've seen Rogue Fitness and Rogue Beer. Yeah, but no one's confusing the fitness company for the beer company. I don't know. I've seen a lot of fit people at Rogue. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Reasonable confusion, whatever. It's but they, I they, get it. In their letter, they're like, "Are it's causing confusion between our customers thinking that you're affiliated with us." We so it's the Norwegian. It is the Norwegian. <laughs> if it if maybe at some point we will review or take a look, but I don't want to be. I, we'll take a look at their stuff. If I can find it and source it... They offered to send it to they us. Did all, I don't want to be biased, though, I'm, although I'm already biased to be... Yeah, I'd say we take it for free. We'll put it into a poll. Who <laughs> wants to have us review the Porch... Our cease and desist. The Porch Pounder Wine Company. They're it's, out of California. And they do purely canned wine. Only canned wine. I have no idea. I mean, I've never had that great of an opinion on canned wine. Although there's been some canned wine it's that's not bad. It's a hit and miss kind it's of situation. A, uh, but it's never like, man, they hit it out of the park. Honestly, I've, I've had boxed wine. Mm. Boxed wine and the uh-huh. house wine stuff. Yeah, House wine's good. So maybe it's good. Maybe it's like house wine. Who knows? We, we should have a tasting. We, you know what we should do? We should include them in a blind lineup of red wines and white wines and see which ones we rank best. Like cans? Yep, canned, and we'll pick them out, and we'll just try and figure out which one is the best and which one is the worst. Upcoming podcast ideas. This is going to take weeks, if not months, to source and figure out, but it sounds fun to me, so... If you're wondering or confused why we're no longer called the Porch Pounders Podcast, we are... It doesn't exist anymore. We are now the Parched Podcast. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to version 2.0. Version 2.0. We're going to call this, Let's. we're, we're just going to call this season two from season, here on out. We're in season two. We are in season two. <laughs> Welcome to the first episode of season two of the Parched Podcast. Uh-huh. Which didn't have a season one, so. No. <laughs> Every time we have to change our name, it's a new season. Speaking of a new season... It is the summer season, and you're no longer uh, employed. Well, <laughs> I did sign my next contract, yes. so I am employed starting August 21st yeah. or something. But 20th. what what did you do to celebrate your not being employed anymore? I went to Las Vegas with my mother <laughs> for the second time. And left me alone, so if anyone's wondering why... Uh, I wasn't included in any of the... There was only one person posting that... Yeah, that was her. Yeah, I only posted one thing. Two things. Speaking of which, follow us on Instagram to find out what we're up to, because it's going to be an exciting next couple of weeks. Is this going to be out before we do that? Uh, I'm going to make it go out. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make it go out. All right. So you're going to you're, you're gonna get a lot of content over the next two weeks, we're, you're on Instagram especially, and then we're going to have podcasts that are multi-day segmented. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be heck of fun. So follow us on Instagram to keep current, and then listen yep. to the podcasts as new, they come out to hear ins- deets. New Instagram handle, parched underscore podcast. Parched it's underscore podcast. It's not easy. No, it's not. You had to go in the underscore? Was there... Nope. <laughs> 
It is what it is. Parched <sighs> underscore podcast. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It could be. It could be worse. It could be like I'm the real D- Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> you know, let's leave Iron Man alone. I've also seen like, I've seen some crazy things out there because I've been just browsing, crazy crazy people on podcasts and on Instagram, like just social medias where they're like, I created a whole new just because I wanted to, mm-hmm. and I didn't like the 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 community I had on the other one. It's like they left an account that had 10,000 followers and then migrated over to one that now has 100 and it's been active for like a month and a half. Yeah. Like you just killed your entire engagement. Yeah. I don't That's crazy to me. Crazy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you do you. You do you. Any hoozle. What'd you do? Oh, I haven't even talked about my oh. drink. Yeah. What am I having? It is in a Glencairn, so it's whiskey. <laughs> and I love the sound of these glasses when they're tapped against things because they sound amazing. If you don't have a uh, Glencairn glass and you like to drink whiskey, you need one. It definitely enhances the experience. They are really durable. I've seen videos where people drop these off of, like, balconies and I they mean, survive. the base is, like, real chonky. Oh, yeah. I think as long as it didn't land... On the bowl. Yeah. Specifically, I think, the bowl or, like, the lip. The, yeah. Um, there's... But, like, if it just, like... But I've seen videos of where out. people drop, like, big, bulbous wine glasses and they just bounce. Yeah. It's just a, a quality of it that's made. Yeah. These Glencairns, I mean, you can get them on Amazon for, like, 20, 30 bucks for Probably a set of four. That's where those it's are It's 100%. From. These are Amazon. <laughs> and they hold, they hold up just fine. And they're... Yeah. 100%, get yourself some Glen Cairns. You don't have to get anything s- fancy. Uh, I lit- Mine is literally just the, Gen- the Glen Cairn glass is etched into the bottom of it. It's not anything special. No. I'm they drinking... Were, they were a gift. No, a, you bought those. Yeah. I bought those. So we got the other other ones. Also. We had... The rocks glasses. We also got some rock glasses that uh, came in um, as a those birthday gift too. two years ago. Those three are, years ago. Those are fun, too. Those are fun, uh, but it's a, it's a commitment to put a ball of ice, and most whiskeys, in my opinion, don't taste better on ice, in my opinion, we'll to Man- me. We'll make you a Manhattan in there, in those. Oh, that would be good. Mm-hmm. I'd do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have a really cheap uh, Japanese whiskey, and Japanese whiskey doesn't have any rules attached to it, doesn't have to be made in Japan, doesn't have to be Japanese in any respect. So technically, I have a bottle of Rogue, uh, whiskey that could be called Japanese whiskey if they really wanted to, just because it was made in collaboration with the chef Morimoto. Mm. <laughs> they could have. Morimoto. They didn't. Iron Chef. It's probably more Japanese than most Japanese whiskey, <laughs> because it was made by a Japanese, made with a Japanese chef, using uh, malt from a uh, Japanese soba ale. Mm. So. I'm not drinking that tonight, though. I'm killing off a cheaper glass of quote-unquote Japanese whiskey. That we've had Suntoro. forever. Yeah. We've had it literally for like four years, so I don't drink a lot of whiskey. Go. Not anymore. No, not recently. Which is fine. I mean, I still have my favorites, and I have what I like up there. Um, it's kind of like what we have done with the wine. We have what we want. We have what we like. 
We bought it, now we hold on to it, and we can drink it whenever we want and replace it with whatever we want. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of having storage space to store these things. And have had the opportunity to try so many things. We've had a lot of things, so we know generally what we want. And then we can go seek out things that are different. Right. Which, we go ahead and go into Vegas, and I'm going to go and uh, grab something that is from a recent experience so we can talk about that. Um... So, we went to Vegas to see Keith Urban, which <laughs> which is my mom's favorite person, basically, including over me. But we went for that, and before that, we went to Giada's restaurant, Giada De Laurentiis, the celebrity chef from the Food Network, best friends with Bobby Flay. Uh... And <laughs> oh yeah, she's best friends or your best friends? She's best friends, but I am also uh, best friends with Bobby Flay in my mind. In your own mind, because he got me through high school. But anyways, uh, I had the best cocktail of the weekend there. Did not get wine. Went to an Italian, fancy Italian, and did not get wine. I'm calling a sin right now. Um, because the cocktails were. Amazing. Well, I'm glad that it was the best cocktail of the week because you missed out on probably one of the best wine experiences. Yeah, it's fine. I get enough wine when I'm with you. Italy loves their cocktails too. Yeah, so they, long as did, it's... they did a really good one. Mine was like peach and it was like vodka and peach and uh, strawberry and some other liquor in it. And Mom had this white Cosmo uh-huh. that was delicious. The glass was three feet tall. I'm not even kidding you. How do you drink that? It was like my you... arm. Uh huh. I'm not. I'm like. That's not three feet. You're not that tall. No, but like. It's... Like a foot and a half. Yeah, but it's like it's a giant. <laughs> because glass. there's no video to this contextualize this podcast. You are not a nine foot tall <laughs> no, monster. Was... Was... <laughs> yeah, my three foot tall forearm. You can't see it in any of the So you pictures. didn't take any good pictures to well, even exemplify the, it? Not of the giant glass. I believe you that the glass was massive. I don't believe you that it was three feet tall. It was It was. Did like, you break out a ruler, a tape measure? No, but it Are was Are you your huge. father? It was huge. Like, her hand is around it. Yeah, that's a... Okay, it's a martini glass, just to give yeah. context. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at a video, or I'm looking at a picture, and I'm trying to describe it. It's a martini glass. It looks like it's about seven or eight inches across on the top. Yeah. Looks like a nightmare to, was, to drink out of and to, like, carry I, as a server. I, oh, my God. I almost ordered that, and I'm so glad I didn't because there has never been a time that I didn't spill while drinking out of a martini glass. If you even had the slightest of tremors in your hand, you would set off a tsunami across the lip of that bowl. I mean, it was wild. Yeah. It was huge. And, like, the base is then... You know, another two lengths of her hand down. And it was kind of this weird, like, fluted, like, shape. Uh-huh. Like, it was wild. Mine was also an oval. So it was like this. Uh-huh. Holding it. Um, it had sugar on the rim and it had strawberry. That's the, weird. The the worst... See, it was really good. Yeah, that is a weird... It's not a circular like top. That. You can kind of see it. it. Like, But even the sides on the bottom where I was holding it were, like, 
thin. So like if I went this way, it was really wide, but then this way it was really narrow. I, I love it, but I also hate how stupid <laughs> that those glasses the are. The water glasses were really fancy. I thought they were candle holders when I sat those down. Those look like put, candle holders. And then he holders. put water in it and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, the, I think you put it, you should put, we'll post, we'll post a photo yeah. on our Instagram of the dish that you had. Mm. But what is that? It looked. So it was. I looked at that when I, when I was on Instagram, I was like, is that like, it looked like Cool Whip. Okay, so it's her signature dish. Okay. Because the guy was like, it, and it's like big on the menu. They're like, this is her signature dish. So it's lemon spaghetti with prawns. And so I, it wasn't super lemony. Like you got the lemon at the end, like yeah. after you swallowed. But it was mostly like a cream-based sauce with a little chili oil around it. And then the prawns were this big. Yeah, they they are the, massive. The like thick part of it was like thicker than my thumb. Are those peeled? Yeah, peeled and tailed everything. Wow, they were really good, really thick. Um, mom got the. And it was only forty dollars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mom, mom got mom got the scallops and risotto, which were also delicious. And then we got. That's hers. Oh, wow. They were that, really good. That looks like what I would get. See, and look how tall it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. And then this was our dessert. We got a honey strawberry um, cream mousse gelato. So these were mousses. There's two strawberry little mousses, mousse logs. Like and then drizzled one. honey over it. Yeah, and the guy came out with like the little honey pot uh-huh. with like a clear, it looked like a hunt beehive. Uh-huh. And he comes out and he puts this down and then he like pulls the thing out and spins the little yep. comb and then drizzled it on there. And then, and it's so good. And then they're little honeycombs and then this was like a honey gelato. Everyone loves presentation with desserts oh or any God. part of the meal. It was so good. I mean, anytime you're having truly intentional Italian style food, that is definitely a, and that looks great. Now, I can only imagine the bill being five hundred dollars. It wasn't, but <laughs> it wasn't five hundred. It was, it was only two hundred dollars. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but it was really good. I mean, to be honest, that is the type of dining experience, and and it is Vegas, so you're gonna pay Vegas prices. Oh, and you, it literally looks out like the restaurant looks out onto the strip, and like it was beautiful, and like you're the paying pre- Vegas price. Our waiter was Italian. Yeah. Like, but we go to Rose Marino, which is real close by, and you're gonna also get. So he's Italian. He's also Italian, also but the super food cute. Looks really good there too. It does, and and the price is still high mm-hmm. to match. Mm-hmm. So I honestly, I mean, forty dollars if you're paying for the view, it's strip pricing. I didn't think it was too bad. That's not terrible. And it was delicious. It is expensive. Yes, no doubt. And Italian food is not designed to be expensive. No, but in but the U.S., it is expensive when done right. Because it's luxurious. It is a luxurious experience, and people value luxurious experience. So we did well, not one, but two Italian dinners. Okay. So then, um, so that was Saturday, and then we went and saw Keith Urban. And then on Monday, we went to Italy at the Park MGM. Spelled E-A-T-L-Y. Yeah. And it is the cutest place ever. 
Like, I can't believe we didn't go in there when we went with our friends a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. It is the cutest little place. It's, like, set up like a market. Like a... It felt... When I first walked in, I was like, I'm in a train station. Uh-huh. Almost. Like, big ceilings with the glass and all this stuff. And then these little stalls everywhere serving different things at each one. Yep. So there's, like, a charcuterie stall. And then there's a pizza one. And then there's the fish one. And then there's the pasta. And then... We sat down at this little, like, bar, um, kind of towards the back, that um, was doing um, spritz celebration. Okay. So, so they were having... We got... Oh, this is where you got your raspberry... My raspicello spritz. And it was delicious. Describe a spritz so a that sp- everyone knows what's spritzer. it. Spritzer. So you get your... Very Italian, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Well, usually you get an Aperol spritz, but I know that I don't particularly like those. So I got a raspicello and mom got a limoncello. And it's basically a shot of the liquor, the raspicello or the limoncello, and then a part Prosecco and a part soda. Mm-hmm. And then mine had a lime in it, and it was so good. But it wasn't the best cocktail of the entire week. No, but it was very good. We had some good cocktails. <clears throat> um, and then there we also got, I got ricotta spinach raviolis, and they were fresh raviolis, and you could tell because they had that little bite in them that's uh. like delicious and mom had these little mezzaluna things that also had like a creamy sauce on them and they, it was really good and then we had cannolis and they cannolis really are great yeah i wish i had a cannoli they were good cannolis and then i think the only other cocktail that i took a picture of was after on oh so monday we went to italy got italian food and then we went and saw jeff dunham this was on sunday <laughs> where we uh oh you saw jeff dunham no, no, oh my god. I was gonna <laughs> the say. The other guy. The other ventriloquist. <laughs> and you already forgot his name and replaced no, because, it with the because, competitor? Because he literally, like, half of his show was talking about how people get him mixed up with Jeff Dunham all the time. And then you mixed him up with Jeff Dunham. <laughs> you jerk. Oh my god, what's his name? Doesn't matter, he's Jeff Dunham now. Um, you went to the not Jeff no. Dunham show. You dummy. We went to <laughs> Terry Fader ah. from America's Got Talent. Okay. And that was on Monday, which was a, it was a good show. It was in like a ballroom. Yeah. It's like not in a theater anymore. It's like at the top of the New York, New York, and just like a ballroom, like a meeting room. It literally says meeting room on it. Interesting. Yeah, it was wild. Lots of old people. I would mm-hmm. wager but it was, a bet. I'd always wanted to see him. Yeah. And he's like I Vegas. bet it was good royalty so we it was really good it was really funny yeah um but then sunday i bet it wasn't cheap oh yeah it was well actually i, I was gonna say it probably wasn't that expensive i mean i bought those tickets and they were like 120 for the two of us with fees and everything okay so for two people for a vegas show i didn't think it was that bad but um and i didn't buy like the back row seats. yeah i bought you know decent seats because i wanted to be able to see because they're little puppets and i don't have the best eyes so um, Sunday, we met up with some of my mom's friends, and we got brunch at this really cute place called Salt and Ivy. It's in the Aria. 10 out of 10 brunch. Highly recommend. Aria is expensive. Aria is expensive. This place was expensive, but it was really good. Really okay. good. Really cute. Has like a little bar outside if you want to sit outside when it's not 100 degrees. Um, so we did that. Then we went and walked around. We got margaritas and chips and salsa and nachos and then we went and saw chris angel which was an um, another show that i've always wanted to go see like my 
since I was little. Yeah. Because he had that show on the TV. I don't do anything when I go to Vegas. Yeah, no, because we're too cheap. So we went and saw Chris Angel, and then after that we went to this little bar. It was Gordon Ramsay's uh, bar in Caesars. Oh, okay. And we sat down at the bar, and we met this very lovely lesbian couple, and <laughs> sat there with them for a while. There's also another couple over here, and um, they had apparently been sitting there for four hours. Wow. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Did they say anything uh, they about said, it? They said that they were in Caesars because there was a um, Game of Thrones slot machine with Daenerys Targaryen okay. specifically on it, and so they wanted to find it. And they and so they ended up in Caesars, and then they ended up at this bar with this other couple who they sat with for four hours, and then the guy put down $500 on the bar when he left Whoa. to pay his tab. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but we had these really excellent spicy margaritas. And Pigs in a Blanket, which were also amazing. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I bet. British. Yeah. Yeah. They wrap something in pastry. I mean, I make mean peat. I... Yeah, but these had, like, this spicy ketchup that was really good. Maybe I could it, make that. It was really good. But they were really good spicy margaritas. You know what would be really good? We have that spicy barbecue sauce. Mm. If I made... I make tiny pigs in a blanket. Yeah. The little smokies. Piglets in a blanket. Piglets in a blanket. And I use... It's just the crescent roll stuff. It's cheap. It's easy. They're great for a game day. I put down the crescent rolls, spread down some uh, Parmesan cheese, roll them up, and then douse them in butter and garlic. And they are amazing. They're pretty good. Yeah, with the Parmesan inside. But dipping those into the spicy barbecue. That would be pretty good. That I is elevated. I wonder if we could make the barbecue a little creamier, though. Because I didn't like Yeah, put some cream cheese in it. <laughs> I was gonna go okay okay. I have a wine related thing that we did okay and it this was on Monday 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 we um went to the Titanic okay exhibition oh did you live or did you die because you never updated the story I know (laughs) that was on my snap story I lived and mom lived hmm because um, you're were, both women. We were first class passengers. Yeah, and first class. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still have my thingy. But um, anyways, so we went to the Titanic Titanic exhibition because the Titanic is my favorite movie. Of and the time. because there was a recent submarine incident at the Titanic. Yes, but you know. So we went and it was really cool. Like they had a lot of stuff like that they brought up from the shipwreck, which is kind of weird when you think about it. Like, Yeah. But... They had a lot of stuff, and they had, like, all the things telling you about everything. And then we got to this, which is a bunch of different bottles that they've pulled up. Interesting. And he's going exactly to the one that I wanted him to. So they had wine and beer bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, they had 1,500 bottles of wine on the Titanic and 20,000 bottles of beer mm-hmm. and ale. Yeah. So, that's interesting. Okay, now I want you to skip that one and go over... Oh, you can't really see it, but it's a Perrier bottle. Like, the water. Yeah, it's still shaped the same way. Yep, exactly the same. Still green glass and everything. Now, you can look at this one. So, there was... This middle bottle is a champagne bottle, and it says... Champagne still remains inside of some of the bottles recovered from the wreck site. The best champagnes of the period include the Pomeray Nature... 
and Mums, GH, Extra Dry, as well as um, Moet and Shandon, Dry Imperial of 1898, and Clico of 1900 vintages. And this bottle still had liquid in it. It was one of the ones with liquid in it. You can oh, see it's right yeah. there. But the level of it is really low. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which but, like, the cork is still there. Out. That's incredible. Isn't that crazy? Because it was under the ocean for at least minimum... 60 six, years. 60? Yeah, they, the, they found it in the 80s. Okay. Because they found the wreck in 85. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, they found the... Yeah. So, so probably another 10 probably years Probably another that. 10 years after that before so they started to recover stuff. 70 years underwater. Isn't yeah. that wild? But I thought that was really cool. And I was like, well, I'm going to take a picture of that and bring it to the podcast. Yeah. No, that that is impressive. <laughs> Um, would you drink that wine if they opened it? Yes. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's got a... Although, huh, yeah, under sure, that not? amount of pressure... It's kind of crazy that it would have survived, because that's two miles down. That submarine didn't survive. Oh my god. <laughs> Nor did its occupants. And then, look, they have a piece of the iceberg. No, they don't. <laughs> It's an actual ice. It's actually ice, though. I touched it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was pretty cool. And then they actually do have like a hunk. It's like you and I both know that the ice is not surviving in the water. No, no. But they have this <laughs> global warming, my friends. This is the largest piece of the Titanic that's ever been, like, brought to the surface and restored, and or it's not restored, but like, preserved. Yeah. But it's insane. It's massive. And yeah. a whole room. Yeah. No. The Titanic wreck, it fascinates a lot of people. I think it's probably the most overblown shipwreck on the planet. Well, and I kind of... I hate and love and hate at the same time. That there's so many things like... The, the Titan was a book in the 1800s about a, a massive unsinkable ship that... Yeah. And then the Titanic sank like 20 years later or something... And then, the Titan, a submarine with a bunch of rich people in it. I know, you'd think we'd learn. Hubris! I know. It is a, just, it is, it is a hubris to the nth degree. It is maddening, incredible, delightful stupidity. But, I mean, I don't, I it's... I feel really bad for one person on that ship, and that's the kid. That probably didn't know any of the better. I mean, mm. he was born into a wealthy family. I feel bad that he... He wasn't supposed to go on it. No, Mr. Beast was supposed to go on it. Did you see that? No, I was saying that the kid's mom was supposed to be going. That's true, yes. And then he begged her. Yes. And she let him go. And he was going to solve a Rubik's Cube at the Titanic. Like, that was his thing. Yeah. He was, like, really good at solving a Rubik's Cube. So he's like... I he, feel he bad. He took one with him and he was going to solve it at the wreck. I was like... I feel really, really bad that he was included in that expedition because he didn't, he didn't want to be there. So, R.I.P. to the one kid that <laughs> shouldn't have been there. Um, the other four people that are quote-unquote explorers because they spent $250,000. I don't think that qualifies you as an explorer. No, you spent a lot of money. It's the same as the, my opinion... Yes, it's incredible that you were able to summit Mount Everest, but that Sherpa just ca carried your bag and everything. <laughs> like, you just paid a Sherpa 50 grand to 
carry everything yeah. to, up a mountain for you. And now you're saying, I summited Mount Everest. No, you didn't. Yeah, I guess if you're going to do something like that, don't you want to do it all? I mean, if I'm going to do something, I want full... But these are people that are used to taking credit for everyone else's work. Mm. So, so mm. these are these are the types of people that are like, I'm the CEO. I made this billion dollar company. Yeah, because a bunch of other people slaved away at minimum wage so that you could do that. Yeah. yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. But, I don't know. I had fun in Vegas. That's my take. I'm sticking with it. Vegas was fun. Vegas is fun. I got very sunburned. Yeah, I... It's looking better now. Yeah? Like, my legs are starting to just look more tan. My arms are still a little pink, but they're getting a little bit just tan, but my chest is still red. Yeah. That's what got it the worst. After the break, I'm going to talk about what I did. So stick around. Welcome back, and welcome to my side of the story. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Because I didn't do a whole lot. I was here just hanging out, not in Vegas. <laughs> so He was invited. I just want everyone to know that he was invited. Didn't really want to go, though. Didn't want to go. But I never you really enjoyed went to three shows. I, three Vegas shows in a weekend. Who does that? I, Apparently we did, because my mom said it's the last time she's going to Vegas. I honestly... <laughs> Every time I go to Vegas, I, n- I almost never want to go to shows. I don't want to go to concerts. I'm not a concert person. I think you would have liked Chris Angel, though. Probably. I'm Usually, I like the things once I'm there. Yeah, yes. But yes. I, I, I am not an outgoing person. I do not like going to events or large gatherings because I get annoyed about all the people I'm around and I just want to go home. <laughs> yeah. Which... That's just me. I know a lot of people are like, let's go. I think, I mean, I think three days in Vegas is like enough for you. We were That's here for four and a half. Max. I mean, I'm like, honestly, one day on the strip and I'm starting to be like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Like, um, I enjoy people watching. That's okay. fine. From a bar. Sitting at a bar. Sitting at a bar or sitting at a restaurant. Yeah. Sitting, like, somewhere where I can hang out and relax. That's what we did with our margaritas and nachos. Um, I mean, we were there with some friends, and we hung out at a bar, uh, at the bar of Margaritaville, and mm. just hung out there for an hour. That was a good one. And we were just watching people and commenting on good, the, the life that was happening around us. It's a good us. spot to people watch, because it's literally right out It's on right the on the strip. You can watch what's going on on the strip, and you can watch what's going on inside of the restaurant itself. Yeah. So it's easy to just see what's happening around you and get reasonably priced yeah. uh, drinks on the strip. I mean, it's and not the best deal. And you just listen to Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot better than drinking a margarita and listening to Jimmy Buffett. It's a vibe. It is an absolute vibe. It's an absolute vibe. <laughs> um, but, but that's not I what think, I did. I, but I will just want to say that you would love Italy. I usually enjoy... There was a wine shop, and you could do wine tastings. I usually really enjoy any food that I have on the Strip. Yeah. That's what I go to Vegas for. And I know it's overpriced. I know I can get just to go to, like, Vegas food experiences. I can get that a lot of different places. But 
I don't know. It's it's easy to just get access to a bunch of places in one one spot. You go there, you can you know slink away to your hotel afterwards. You know you're going to spend a lot of money and you just resign yourself to that and then you just And there's resort enjoy. experiences where you can just hang out and just yeah. chill. And yeah. Vegas is fine for that. I will and never go to Vegas in the summer. Oh, it was not. A, it was bad. Yeah. It was too spicy. And it's crowded in the summer. There's so many people there. Why? Yeah, I don't know why people go. It's because everyone's off in the summer. I know. But, like, apparently Vegas has not hit triple digits yet until, like, Friday. Mm. So it was, like, 99 when we were there. But when you're on the strip walking down, it feels like 120. Yeah. Because it's just all of the windows... Are just reflecting, reflecting all of the out. heat. There's yep. no wind. There's either no wind or it's a wind tunnel. So like, yeah. it's it was a lot. But we went in July two years ago, and it was hot. But then we had like summer storms come through, and Ooh, it cooled off. Mon- it was amazing. We got a monsoon, and I got s- rain I got directly. A, a raindrop. One singular massive raindrop directly into my eyeball. Yeah. Right as we were making it to the cover. And then we ran inside of a CVS or something mm-hmm. and bought the liquor and whatnot for the night mm-hmm. that we were going to take back on the shuttle. Yes. And I was much more happy once we were back at our hotel hanging out and playing board games. Yeah. But I mean, and we don't stay on the strip when we go. We no. stay off strip, which... Is perfectly fine. It is perfectly fine. There's a shuttle. You don't have to deal with the noise. If I'm going people. on my own, though, I, I would stay on the strip. I think I would like to stay on the strip one more time. Yeah. In my life. Like, at a good one. Yeah, MGM, not it. We don't... No. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what one we would pick. But if I'm going to do it one more time, ever, I don't know. I don't know. I Bellagio we... would be amazing because or it's the Bellagio, Caesars. but... I've also heard the Bellagio is a nightmare because the the frickin' fountain goes off Mom, every time. No, but Mom and Dad stayed there uh-huh. one of the last couple times that they went to Vegas for yeah. my dad's thing. And they stayed on the side that faces the fountains and you can't hear them inside. That's not what my dad said that's, when he stayed there. Well, He's like... your dad... <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But <laughs> that's what he said. I think he was imagining it. That's... I don't know. I don't know. Because I asked. I'm like, wasn't it loud? Like, didn't you hear the fountains? She's like, no. I mean, I again, Vegas is loud anyways. Right. And the, the traffic and, like, the cars, like, the sports cars that are driving up and down the strip and the motorcycles, it's yeah. going to be loud anyways. And honestly, it doesn't bother me. If you, if you hear lightning and yeah. thunderstorms, that's louder than the cannons at the Bellagio. Yeah, the, they're not that loud. But I think I would want to stay at Caesars or... Paris. Yeah. We've derailed back to you in Vegas. Sorry. So what I did was I didn't do anything. That's I not true. hung out. Come on, tell us how much of a nerd you are. I am a pilot. Mm. I have my license to prove it. I'm not okay, showing anyone but it. You can't go up in the air right now. I'm not current <laughs> because it's freaking expensive and I don't really care to spend a hundred dollars an hour just to be in an aircraft. Oh my god. Not including fuel. Yeah, no, we don't have that kind of money yet. Um we need some sponsors. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um Celsius. But, sponsors. I was 
I've gotten back into playing around with simulating because it's fun to like play around and know that I can still do that skill of navigating without looking at the outside world because I'm a pilot and I'm instrument rated, which means I can fly aircraft without like looking and seeing anything in the dark. Basically, it, well, not you can be VFR, uh, visual flight rules. With you don't have to be IFR in, at night. You can have just a pilot, pilot, private pilot license and fly at night, which I find crazy because I've flown with no instrument training at night an approach into an air, airport where there was it was rural rural Midwest, and when you're turning from. Like, not aimed at the runway to aimed at the runway over a cornfield is black. <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> you can't see anything. So you are basically going to have to reference the instruments anyways. But you don't have to have any qualifications of doing so. So, doing that first time in an aircraft. Now, I had someone next to me. I had my license at the time. Um... No, I would have. I was still in training. I had my instructor next to me, doing the approach, and he said, "Hey, look up and just do you see anything? Yeah, pay attention to the instruments when you're doing night approaches because you can get disoriented at night just as bad as you can in the clouds. Hundred percent, if not more so, because it's hard to read everything that's going on around you. You have really bright instruments and you have really dark surroundings, so that is a nightmare. Uh, but I have." Long story long, <laughs> uh, I've been getting back into playing around with flight simulating and doing so with the uh, simulator on my computer, and that's what I did this weekend. I have two things. First thing, uh, my coworker bought Flight Sim. What? Yeah. Why? Because he's always wanted to do it, and you, talking to you convinced him to do it. Okay. So, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point this summer I get a text that says, Hi, I need to talk to Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> About how to do... I... So, I don't know how much anyone is interested in... So, I'm going to keep this to 60 seconds or less. I've been playing around with specifically simulating passenger aircraft. So, 737s. So, so, when there's an emergency on board? No, I don't want to do that. can be the one. Is there a pilot on board? No, it's just knowing how to do these sorts of things. So, it's a full replacement simulator for all of the instruments, all of the things that can fail on a 737 made by Boeing. So, mm -hmm. I can run and simulate the full electrical equipment, including the... Uh, flight management system, the computer, from engine startup, actually before engines even start, all the way through takeoff, cruise, approach, landing, and deboarding the aircraft. Including, it simulates how long it takes to start the computers and align it with the rotation of the Earth, as well as simulating fuel being put into the aircraft real time so it's crazy the level of things that people simulate nowadays um but you can do that and that's it's what i've been hobbying myself up with over the last couple of days because i had nothing else to do nor did i really want to do anything else yeah i did however bringing it back to the parched pounders hence we're, we're going the parched pounders. We're the parched podcast. There you go. 
We are the parched pounders. The peepees. The peepees. <laughs> we are the peepees. Uh, you are the peepeers. The peepee peepee listeners. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like that. No. Uh, we'll workshop that we, one. Yeah, we'll we'll try and figure that one out. Recommendations we would request in our Instagram DMs. Yes, we please. will pay you in thumbs up emojis. We will go like things. We will go like things. I opened up a bottle of Gamay Noir from 2020. Yeah. And and it was delicious. It was, honestly, I'm glad I opened it this week because if I hadn't opened it up this week, we wouldn't have been able to open it up for another couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. it was on the down. Really? A little bit, yeah. Who was yeah. that one from? It was from August Sellers. Oh. It was a 2020. And so... It was good, but I could definitely taste the smoke, and it mm. was detracting from it from in my experience. So it was fine. I enjoyed it for what it was, but I'm glad I opened it now and had it now because okay. it's not going to get any better. I don't feel so bad about missing it now, though. No, and we know that they will make more Gamay Noir in the future uh-huh. that we can go back and pick up because it's really good. I like their stuff. Their stuff is solid. We still have a bottle of Zinfandel from them Yeah. Um, that we'll open up again in the near future so um you a while ago got up and brought out a bottle i did why because we also since having another podcast reporting we have gone on another wine adventure huh you don't say we went to two places what no and the first of which was day wines yes in dundee yep um super cute little place you have a photo of the tasting lineup which was really really fun the first lineup the first wine that they gave us was a sparkling muscat muscat Uh that thing was awesome and it wasn't expensive i mean none of the stuff that they had was all that spendy for oregon wine right but it's all more on the natural side which we tend to prefer Mm-hmm. Not because of anything. It just seems to taste more raw and funky and interesting. Yeah. Because um, each one is going to be a little bit different. They mm-hmm. source the yeast yeah, there. All, the yeast. all of the grapes are going to be different from a just standard Pinot Noir out here. Yeah. And it's all things that are a little bit more symbiotic with the... So it just seems to work better. Yeah. So anyways, love, love Pinot Noir, love Chardonnay, but... Sometimes you just... Don't want that. Sometimes you gotta go away from that, and you'll hear in a second what happened after this. So we did we did revert back to the mean after this tasting. Yeah, but we we have a reason. Uh, so we started with that sparkles, which is not all muscat. It's twenty three percent muscat and seventy seven percent vermentino. I don't know what that means. Uh, it's another grape. It's another grape. Yep, I got that. <laughs> Then we had this Melon de Bourgogne. So they had two wines that were from the Van Duzer Corridor, which is that windy gap in the coast range. I think there were three, because remember there's another one that we got that wasn't on this. That's true, but I can't remember what that one was, and we didn't write it down. No. Uh, the, The second one was the Zephyrus, and they based a lot of their naming for certain wines off of, like, Greek mythology. Mm hmm And that one was really good. I really enjoyed that specific wine. Yeah. She was not a huge fan of. It tasted 
different to her. I don't know what it Which was. Which one was that? Was no. that the one that tastes... No. Maybe that was the Achilles. <laughs> the Achilles, yeah. Uh-huh. It's Achilles. Yeah. Achilles. Achilles is Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> but the one that gets you disqualified from Wheel of Fortune. Right. Which the host is changing. Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. Another tangent. <laughs> if you didn't know. I hate Pat Sajak. So, Hot take. Yeah. He's gross. But Ryan Seacrest, absolutely. Give it to me. They also gave us an orange wine. And that one was also, it's an orange wines taste orangey to me. I like the orange wine. Yep. I thought it was really good. That one was really good. But again, we have to narrow these things down and we have to figure out which ones are like our favorite. What, right. what do we, the last wine on the lineup, the second to last one I really lo- loved and I was like, maybe we buy that bottle. Cause it was like, it was funky. It had this interesting like Pinot Noir taste to it, but it's not I, Pinot Noir. I thought it tasted and smelled like a horse barn. Specifically, when you get the feed out of the big tubs and you like the, the grains that you, like, scoop out and put in the thing, it was putting your face into those vats. That was what that wine smelled and tasted like to me. Yeah. And I just couldn't get past it. Once I pinpointed that in my brain, I couldn't do it anymore. And then we had the second one, or the, the last one, and that one we both tasted and were like, dang it, this is it. Yeah. This is the one that we can't go home without. Yeah. Um... What really sold it to me, what though, was the label. I thought it was a beautiful label, <laughs> um, and definitely something that I wanted to just have on my shelf because right. it just elevates the experience. Uh-huh. Just looking at it. Would you like to describe it? Uh, it's a pink label with some squiggly lines on it. Yeah, and what else? That's what I'm gonna stick with. It's oh. called Infinite Air Castles. Yeah, it's a naked lady. <laughs> <laughs> a really nice looking naked. It's lady. a very tastefully done naked lady, but she is naked. Yeah, well, tits up only. tits are out. Tits up. Yep. But, But, I mean, it is a cool label. It's a really good label. It is art. It is art, and the wine inside of it is really, really good. Yeah. So, 10 out of 10, uh, would bang. I mean, drink again. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, And then, we went to the, just straight down the avenue... Home plate. Mm-hmm. We went to Dobbs. Yep, Dobbs Family Wines. And this is made by a cereal wine producer. Yeah, which, cereal wine company maker. Yeah, which I didn't know until we decided to go to this place. And then literally his other company is like right across the street. Yep, J- Wine by <laughs> Joe. So Joe Dobbs, this is his original winery. Yeah. yeah. Then he made Wine by Joe, uh-huh. and then he's on to another one after that. And I think there was another one in between those. So I think he's made three or four different wine companies in yeah. Oregon, which yeah. is kind of insane. And you got to respect it because he's had three successful, successful wineries. It's which not just doing flops. Here. Who can have one successful winery? Like, one is impressive. Two mm. is, well, you did it again. Well done. Mm-hmm. Three is okay. Stop I mean, showing we off. Need, we need you to stop. <laughs> Leave some for the rest. Um, but very down the middle, run of the mill, Pinots, Chardonnays. 
it's tried and true. A sparkle at the beginning. It like, was his first winery. I don't expect any curveballs. But I will say, it was a really cute tasting room. Great tasting room. Like Great location. The, easy to access. The lady we had was super nice. Yep. Like, the wine, there were dogs everywhere. The wine is... <laughs> It's unexceptional. Fine. It's fine. It is a typical Oregon tasting. It's typical Oregon tasting. Honestly, in my in my opinion, <laughs> given that I've drank a lot you've, of Pinot you've Noirs, done a few of these. the they had one Pinot Noir that was really a standout, and it was not the most expensive one. No. The second, the second most expensive one was the standout, but the cheapest one on the lineup, which was the McMinnville mm-hmm. Cuvée, that one for the value, for like forty five bucks, yeah, it's pretty not solid. bad. It's solid. I mean, again, I think that you can get cheaper Pinot Noir that is as good as that for twenty bucks in the grocery store. Yeah, but I just liked that the most expensive one was named for the Ducks. The UFO. University of Oregon Ducks. And and they are notorious for being stuck-up, spoiled, rich brats. Where I I went to Oregon State, where we are much more humble and agriculture and... And knowing how to do wine. The actual wine program. We have a program. Yeah. Like, we have a beer and a wine and a spirits program. And, like, they, this duck graduate decided to go do this thing, and they were really excited about this wine, but... Mm, it kind of fell flat on its face. It didn't have any of the funk it, that I expect from an Oregon Pinot Noir. It felt like it was trying too hard, like the ducks. And it felt thin. Like the ducks. So, the last one, the one that we really liked, was named after his son, mm-hmm. Griffin, mm-hmm. and... That one was solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sixty bucks. It's it's a pricey Pinot, but for but sixty bucks, you're getting what you pay for. Just, yeah. And if you're looking for a good Pinot Noir for an evening to share with a group of friends, ten out of ten, I'd recommend the Griffin Pinot Noir mm-hmm. from Dobbs. Great, great stuff. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not gonna blow your socks off. It's not gonna punch its weight with a high value, high tier Pinot Noir from Oregon. Nor is it going to hold up to a lot of the natural wine stuff that is being done with... No, I, to my I, taste, I some of that, that can taste really funky and really interesting. I don't know that that was the point of that one. It's wine, not though. the point. It's, it's said, meant to be down the middle. He said that... Or the, the our hostess lady said that like the point of Griffin's cuvee was to be wine that would last. It can... It definitely was, age. It was supposed to... He made the original Griffin's wine so that when his son was born, so that when his kid turned 21, he would ha- he could open that bottle right. that was bottled when he was born. So the whole point of that particular bottle is to hold on to for 20 years. And 100%, if you bought that... We had a 2019. If you bought mm-hmm. that and held on to it for a decade plus... It would be drinking phenomenal. It would be real good, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I can just imagine it. Yeah, I mean, that'd there's... Be, that'd there's, be a fun one to try and find an older one and... Try it out. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, we've got, we've got wine that we're going to be holding on to for quite a while, so it'll be really fun to start popping open older bottles as we go. I also have some old-aged beer that we can pop open and try out as we go that mm-hmm. is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those that I'm really excited for, and I'm going to open up 
at some point when it's as soon as we have cold weather again i'm gonna pop open a bottle of, so october so october yeah <laughs> But uh, I have a bottle, two bottles of Midnight Joker from Stickman Brewing. Mm. They just started venturing into aged, barrel-aged beer. And man, did they hit it out of the park with that one. It's a, I think it's a porter. They they have the Midnight Joker that is just their standard Midnight Joker porter. But then they barrel-aged it and, ugh. Stickman, if you're ever in the Portland metro area... That is, there's one literally at every corner of the metro. So you just, yep. whatever suburb you're staying in there are correct ones to go to sure there are ones that are better than others there we go Mm -hmm. the best one to go to the original original in tualatin in tualatin yep that is the one to go to it's kind of out of the way it it, yeah there's there's, nothing else around it there's in a business park it's in a warehouse park there we go yeah that's what i meant (laughs) it's in like warehouses and different like manufacturing facilities or like but no there is something else you can go do Ancestry? No, no, no. In that same warehouse. Oh, like, yeah, you can, you can throw... Knives. No, no. You what? can go two a couple of streets down and you can go get those knives. Oh, yeah. The knife company. The Yeah, the cult thing. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Cutco? No, that's not the same one. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know well, what Our knives is. are from there. Uh, yeah. There's also a bunch of knife companies around there. Yeah, but there's... that one's, like, a super famous one. Yeah. That is, like, a super famous knife place. There's a Kershaw. That one. Oh. <laughs> Kershaw is not a cult. Yes, no, but it's a famous knives. It is a famous knives. That's the one that's, the one that's there. <laughs> CRKT is down the street as well. Uh, Benchmade has an office nearby. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that are knife-related. and Medical research yeah. is there, too. There's a lot of stuff. Not super exciting, but it has good pizza, Yep. good beer. You yep. can go axe-throwing if you want. Just There's some arcade games. Try and get your seating inside, because otherwise you'll get chased by, by bees. Yeah. <laughs> so don't do that to yourself. Yeah, try and get inside. Don't try go, and get don't inside. go on a Friday night, because you won't get a seat. No, you won't. It is a happening place. It, it is not a secret. They have trivia on Tuesdays. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, what were we going to talk about we talk aside about... from our road trip that's coming up? Well, we still have our chocolates, but and I have a quiz, but we can do whatever whenever. Uh, we have a road trip coming up, and we're going to a place in Iowa that we're excited about. Mm-hmm. Well, We've already <laughs> been there before. Yes, very much pre our wine journey. And... They are <laughs> right across the street from the literal sewage plant. So they're in Des Moines. Uh-huh. Like, literally, you can see downtown. Like, from, you just yeah. go up a little bit. But it's literally right there. You're on the other side of the levee from the yeah. waterworks. Yeah. It's literally right there. But it is literally across the street from the water treatment plant. Yep. And we were told to go by his... Mother. Non-drinking mother... Yep. That's like, oh, this place is pretty. And we're like, okay, we'll go. But you get like, first of all, you can go up to the bar and taste as many as you want. Yeah. And then you can get your flight. (laughs) Yeah. And none of it is expensive. It is not expensive wine. No. Because none of it is, you're not getting Chardonnay. You're not getting Mm -mm. Cabernet. You're not getting Cabernet anything. You're Mm -mm. not getting Pinot Noir anything. Mm -mm. You're not getting... Any, re- your, the grapes that you are drinking 
The only thing that I can imagine you knowing is Seville Blanc. I hadn't heard of that one. And that even is a hybrid, like, thing. That must be their, like, Chardonnay equivalent. Because they've got it one is. here that's unoaked, and then this one is oaked. I kind of anticipate it being lighter than a Chardonnay. More closely yeah, aligned looks... with, like, a Chenin Blanc. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Because it feels like that name-wise would be similar. But the red varietals, some of those have been, like hybridized we'll talk about this when we're drinking them because we're going to do a podcast ideally right after we're going to take some notes and talk about it after we do the tasting but i was looking this up online and getting really excited because we did it before and we're like eh, it's fine i didn't hate the experience we did it before we knew anything about wine no it was fun because we got snacks we got... you can take your own food there because yep. they don't do food so we went and got like cookies or something yep at some bakery thing that you wanted to go to yeah and so we took those and then we got our little flight boards of little tiny glasses of wine and we were really excited because it was like one of our first wine tasting we had cookies from yarsma's bakery in pella okay which also a 10 out of 10 experience we're not going to have time for this time around i'm okay with that but it is it's cute little dutch it's really good it's pretty cute get the dutch letters if you like almond filled pastries and if you don't get anything else (laughs) like me (laughs) they have great bread they have they have any Anyone can go there and find something. It was super cute. Little stores and like the windmills and like it, yeah. But you bring your own food. This time around, I'm planning on bringing some bebops and having fries with her wine. Ooh. And I know that that's going to be a awesome experience, but... That actually sounds excellent. Um, we're going to have Chancellor, which I don't know anything about. Norton, which is from Virginia. Mm. It's a Virginia grape that they ripped out of the ground in the... 20s because of prohibition right. and they replaced it with concord grapes the one of these said it was concord it is we, they is have a one? they have a concord grape wine right here that one the lucy lane i have to try that i we will both try that one because it is we will have to try it and try to not describe it as welch's <laughs> <laughs> i play a game like that with one of my tutoring kids describe this color describe this wine describe this color Without using colors. Okay. And so it was to get him using adjectives and stuff. It was excellent. There were some good ones. But that will be what we have to do with the Concord Grape one. Um, actually, I think Marquette was the... Marquette was the one from Virginia. Norton is a hybrid grape that was made... Designed by the University of Minnesota. Um. It is a hybrid of two Venice Vinifras. Mm-hmm. to create this. Maybe it was a, a Venice Vinifera and then a, like, Midwest grape variety, but it is resistant to phylloxera naturally. Mm-hmm. But it apparently has, like, flavors of blackberry, raisin, and spice, which sounds like it could be good. It sounds good. It sounds like it could be a good red wine. I'm really excited to try it and see if it holds up because... Price-wise, it could be really good. You're going to like that one. Then There's also the, the Noriette. Noire. Noire. Noriette. Uh, Norette. Noire. Noire. Okay. Uh, it sounds like a Syrah. It sounds right up your alley. It honestly sounds like a Syrah slash uh, Rhone blend or something like that because it, it has green peppers. It says green and black pepper. Green and black pepper. So I'm thinking like green bell pepper right. and 
black pepper, so like Sarai. Oh. Yeah, I think you're gonna like that one. I could be really excited about that. So long we'll as they have the concentration and the color. I will want that. Oh. One. I think that honestly you could like the Norton too. Yeah. Because the like Ooh, fruit full, forward full bodied one. Full bodied. I think we're both gonna really like the Nore and the Norton. The Chancellor, I don't know. Oh, that one could be really good too because plum and yeah, cedar. But when things go These weird, are not our tasting notes though. No, this These is are our pre-tasting notes. This is what the winery says that it should taste like. I'm I'm, I'm going not... in excited to just see if it's if it holds up. I've tr- we've Did tried experience 3 years ago. When did we go? 5 years five ago. Years. <laughs> <laughs> this is way before Five years ago, we hadn't gone to any of Oregon wine country. We live in Oregon. We hadn't done anything. When we went there, they asked where we came from, and we were like, Oregon. And they're like, oh, you're from Oregon. How's the wine out there? We're like, I don't know. It's fine. (laughs) We didn't know anything back then. So now it's, does the wine experience in Iowa hold up to Oregon? Is it good? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to see. But this is just the red wines. I mean, we've, we talked a little bit about the Seville Blanc. That could be fun, too. Especially because they have a non-oak-aged version of it. Right. We're going to have to just hang out and try, sample all of them, and then we'll, like, buy glasses. We'll probably go home with a... We'll probably leave with bottles. Oh, yeah, because we're driving, so we can buy stuff. We can buy stuff and hang on to it and bring it home and say, hey, we have Oregon wine, or Iowa wine, if you want to try that, and no one's going to raise their hand and say yes, because they know everything else that we have in our... But we're going to force someone... We're going to fool someone in our lives to have Iowa wine and see if they know any of the wiser. Because I'm guessing... Because we're the only winos in our lives... We're we're the only yeah. like wine snobs that we know, mm-hmm. so breaking out an Iowa wine and pouring it for people, they're gonna probably think if we say nothing about it, they're probably gonna be like, oh wow, they're pouring us something that's nice, something that is high end, because we know our stuff. <laughs> right. If we pour someone a glass of Iowa wine, I want to know if they say anything. Are they gonna say anything? I just want people's honest opinion. That would be a fun game to play for me. Oh, it was only in twenty twenty one. 21? Yeah. Oh, okay. When so we it's went, only been two years. When we went out post-COVID. So. If for it, our friend's wedding. If it says anything, we still don't really know anything about wine. This is only two years ago. Because it's though. only been two years. Since yeah, so we, we're, we're real new at this. We are still really new at this. But, I don't know, I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. No, to it. have... I mean, I think that you can get all the sommeliers you want who make a podcast and do all of this They're stuff, not going to source Iowa wine. It's not the same thing. No, it is not. Like, we're getting a little nitty-gritty. We may... Do we know everything? Absolutely We not. may but, also source. We'll see what happens, but I'm trying to get something from another winery out there um, to try at a later date. So, if it what? happens, it, great, and what you'll find that? out. I'm not going to say it, so I'm not going to call them out. Oh. But... We'll see if they if it happens. Great. If it doesn't, oh well. We tried. Are you trying to get sponsored? Not sponsored, but I'm trying to get free stuff to do on here. Not free. I'm gonna pay for it. I don't want to have any chance of someone giving me a free bottle of wine or can of wine or can can of beer or anything. I don't want to give anything for free right now that has a chance of them saying, "I gave you that for free so that you could 
review it and say it's great. No, I don't want any of that. If someone's willing to give me something for free and say, no, no reason, nothing to say about it and it has to be positive. I just want your honest opinion. I just want you to talk about this. Perfect. That's fine by me. That's fine. But it has to be, I will not review something and say it's great. I mean, I'm honestly, (laughs) I don't know if anyone cares about my opinion because I'm the one that said Cooks is amazing. Yeah, you picked Cooks out of a lineup. I did pick Cooks out of a lineup. I said beforehand that I was going to pick Cooks out of a lineup and But I will say that the alcohol that Mom and I got for in Vegas at night, we had mimosas and we had the little tiny bottles of Cooks. It's a good default. It's perfect mimosa champagne. It's not bad champagne. It's not good by itself. It's not terrible. (laughs) It's not awful. That's why people buy it. So what else are we doing other than this? Other than this, we're also checking out a place called Exile. Mm, Iowa's um, number one lager. Which is something which is I've a never lady had. lady pouring beer, on, beer her, on her tits. Yep. Okay. We love tits in this. Apparently. that's what. Oh, they have cocktails now. That's yeah. new since the last time. So this I'll have is, to try one of those. They literally, they copy everything that Rogue does <laughs> from the font to the style of the outside of the can. Look at that. That, that is the one, style. That exactly is... 100%. And the, 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 the art style for their, like, pop art is yeah, very, like, 2014 Rogue. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of love maybe, it. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's fine. Because like, Rogue has changed a lot. And they're definitely not the same type of... They don't... They feel more commercial than they used to. Sure. Because they are. Because they are. Exile feels like the old Rogue. And so, maybe going back to what the old Rogue used to be... Will feel really nice. I don't know. I'm. I'm. It'll be interesting to go. They again. also make something that is one of my favorite beers of all time, which is the Jesus on a forklift. Mm-hmm. I think it's disgusting, but it's a barrel aged stout that they make every year, and it is awesome. Mm. Um, it's not like the craziest, most complex stout ever, but mm. it's easy drinking. It's Got some complexity, a little bit of roasty toastiness, and it's great to drink around the end of the year, start of the year. It's just heavy. It's got some some punch to it. A lot of flavor, a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Okay, so exile, and then what? And then from there, we're just kind of trying to figure out some other places to, to check out. I mean... I know that we're going to have Bebop's, which is 10 out of 10. If you ever find yourself in Des Moines. Nobody cares about the Midwest. But Nobody cares. Bebop's, man. It's not... It's so good. Yeah, but I'm more excited about In-N-Out. Uh, fair. That's fair. I just... A deep, dark... uh, Bebop's has a place deep in my arteries. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) A place deep in in my arteries. That's true, because they still use... Maybe they've changed. You don't know. You haven't been in a year. Two I, years. I cannot imagine that they have gone away from styrofoam. <laughs> Actual styrofoam. 50 years of operating. Absolutely not. Wrap it in a paper and move along, please. Yeah. Come on. Why are we still doing that? I mean, they're not the only place that does styrofoam. Name one. 
the smash burger place that we went to last week they still use styrofoam those were in paper i thought it was no oh okay those were paper ones uh there's places <laughs> furniture companies because yeah. that is the only place i should find styrofoam. that's way more styrofoam man i agree but that a lot of times that stuff now is the kind that's soluble in water that you yeah. can just like get rid of it you could soluble the... no you can't okay moving on <laughs> we're going we're getting out of the midwest you tell me um yeah, but I don't know what order we're doing things. We're going through Indiana. I just know. Indiana. It's Notre Dame. South Bend. Is Notre Dame. Yep. And there's some big brewery that we're staying right across the street from that we're going to go to for dinner. Yep. And I don't have anything more to say about nope. it right now. I'm going to get a picture in front of the Notre Dame sign in my Oregon State stuff. And we're going to move along. Yep. Uh, uh, we're going to wine country in New York. Yes, and... Riesling country. It is Riesling country, and as we approach closelier, uh, we will talk more in depth about that. Yeah, We I need to narrow down there. the wineries that we're going to go to, and I think we still need to make reservations. Probably should do that. Probably should do that soon, i.e. tonight. Yeah. So once we've made those reservations and confirmed everything, we'll start to talk a little bit more about where we're going. Yeah. Hopefully, knock on wood... Uh, we're going to the, uh, Dr. Constantine Frank winery, because that's the original guy that started to do, like, stuff that would make Riesling even grow in that part of the country. Mm -hmm. Um, because before him, they weren't really doing Venice Vinifera in the Finger Lakes of, uh, New York, and now it's, like, a big deal because they make good Riesling and good ice wines. So I'm really excited to hopefully try some ice wines while we're out there. We'll see what happens. Because uh, those would be really nice to bring back and be able to pair with some like really fresh desserts um, mm. or just ice cream. Yeah. Um, we're also going to check out uh, Sam Adams in Boston. Yes. And on the way home, we're checking out Buffalo Trace. So you're going to hear about what our experience is in whiskey, tr- whiskey country. Oh, boy. Uh, we're going through Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. So you'll see details about our experiences at the chocolate factory, making the kind of garbage chocolate in the United States, but it's a part of our culture. If you want to have a s'mores, you're having it with Hershey's. Yeah, you are. And Hershey, Pennsylvania is just a cute little place. Anyways. It, it's very commercialized. Oh, yeah. But... We may find time. We'll see. But there's also a giant basket in <gasps> northwest Pennsylvania. The Longer Burger Basket? The Longer Burger Basket. I want to go to the Longer Burger Basket. It's a really dumb, massive office building that's designed to look like a whisker basket. A whisker basket. A whisker basket. A wicker basket. Yeah. It's not, like, the headquarters anymore. It's, it's not. not. And they were going to design it into a, like, niche hotel, but there's <gasps> nothing in that area. Um, so, we'll see oh, if yeah. we have time to divert if our wa- our trip around to see okay. that. Yeah. Okay. So, Hirsch, Pennsylvania. Uh, is that, do, then do we go to St. Louis? Then we, then we go to St. Louis. I'm so excited for St. Louis. And we'll talk more about what's exciting in St. Louis in a future episode. Mm. So, we'll go into details about that. And then we're going through Denver, uh-huh. which is exciting for another reason, similar yeah. to St. Louis. Uh-huh. So if someone's put two and two together, please let us know if you've mm-hmm. already solved that mystery. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's literally a mad dash home. Yeah. Well, kind of. 
Um, so it's a... We got a pit stop in Eastern Oregon. Yes, we, can we do. do. We can do a winery there. There. We can do a winery there. We can do a, a brewery there. Um, there's certainly a wine bar that we'll have access to. Oh. Stoller wine bar that we have free access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and from there, it's, yeah, Mad Dash Home. It's going to be seven, probably 8,000 miles in total mm-hmm. of driving. Yeah. It's My a car is not lot ready. of driving. But she's never seen so many miles. Because <laughs> I almost always am the one that's road tripping in my uh, truck. It's not a truck. I call it the truck. It's an SUV. It's an SUV. But we usually road trip in that because usually we're road tripping to places that are a little bit more off the beaten path. Yeah. But this time around, we're going to cities. Yeah. We're so going to my cities. My car is and better because it's smaller. It's small. Well, they're both the same size, and yeah, I think technically it, mine is like a small. It feels smaller. It feels. It's smaller. closer to the ground. That's what makes all the difference. I need to be on the ground when I drive. It has a sunroof. It does. <laughs> That's what makes it more fun. And it has better speakers. But we're on the interstate for most of the time, better, so you can't really open it. Better speakers. Uh, because we listen better to so much. Better console in the middle. Okay. Fair enough. Better autopilot controls. Less room. <laughs> it's not that much less. No, we don't really need that much space because we have... It's two two duffel bags, a cooler, a cooler, bag of snacks. We may need another cooler, given the amount of wine that we're bringing. I think I know a guy. We're going to get. We're gonna have to get that cooler. I think I know a guy. We're, because we're going to be bringing back... I think back, I know two guys. We're going to be bringing back wine, so if they want us to bring back wine that isn't cooked... Mm. Uh, we need. We are gonna need another cooler. So I'm gonna send you on a venture tomorrow to get that other cooler. Okay. And it will come with blueberry muffins. Perfect. Mom's making blueberry muffins. Uh, cookies. Muffins. I'm asking for cookies as well. N- no, no, we're not going hunting. Uh, you don't get cookies unless you're going hunting. I'm hunting for wine. Actually, I think she's making them on Friday, so we might just pick everything up on Friday. Okay. If that's good That works, too. Tomorrow. Oh, shoot! We're starting the freaking road trip off at Rogue! Yeah. Speaking of Rogue... Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so, we can start off the road trip at Rogue and on the West Coast. So, we're mm-hmm. going to start the trip on the west coast ended on the east coast and then started again on the east coast to end it on the west coast only seriously we're doing this because of a sign yeah one government place sign that advertises boston massachusetts and newport oregon yeah that's that's why we're doing this road trip yeah but we've we've, we've been propaganded by the u.s government by the u.s government's highway system Thanks, Uncle Sam. Yay. <laughs> thanks for everything. And thanks, Obama. <laughs> Welcome to the After Hour Show. <laughs> for when we had ideas and don't want to save them for next time. Nope. We just want to burn out all... So welcome to the After Hours and welcome to the uh, longest podcast that we've done yet. Um, hopefully this ties you over to the next time that we release a podcast, which is going to be very shortly after this one, because uh, this is the summer dash that we have of content. Yeah. Um, we typically are weekly, but we've been like twice a week for the last couple of weeks because we have yes. just so we, many opportunities to create. We have the time. We do. Yeah. So 
First up, I, th- I guess we can try out some of these chocolates uh, mm-hmm. that you brought back from... Italy. Italy, which is the place we've referenced earlier, E-A-T-L-Y. Uh-huh. Uh, play on words. At the Park MGM. We love puns. It is excellent. So I was going to this place and we got lunch or dinner-ish. And then we walked by this candy counter and it was... I noticed that there was a whole bunch of pistachio flavored things, which is... This guy's favorite flavor. I do love so, it. Mostly because it's an, a very Italian flavored thing. Yeah, so I was like, ooh, that's a good souvenir. So I grabbed every single pistachio flavored thing <laughs> and a couple dark chocolate because he also likes dark chocolate. So the first thing I've opened up, it's like a layered chocolate pistachio thing. And I'm going to have a picture of it to post. It's like layered square chocolate in the middle and then like two pistachio looking pieces on the outside that are uneven. Mm-hmm. So here we go, sink and dink it. It's hard. Well, it's chocolate. Not super hard. It's like the consistency of a Hershey's bar. Mm. What do you think? It's very rich. Mm. It's the kind of thing that just sticks your mouth together. Does it taste like pistachio? Very much so. It's actually really good. Yeah? Good. That gets a 10 out of 10 for me. Wow. I was expecting something that tasted like crap. (laughs) It didn't look appetizing. I mean, it looked fine, but it didn't look that good. Okay. I want to find one that's not good. Oh, that one's dark almond. Yeah. But I know uh, that like, one I know is going to be good. Yeah, you like almond stuff. But the two flavors that I got... You can't my... go wrong with dark chocolate and almond. Yeah, you can. The two flavors that I got were creme brulee and tiramisu. This one's a truffle, so that's got to be good, too. God, I tried the first one, and I'm like, this one can't be good. And then it was good. That one's just dark as well. <laughs> yeah, I think this one's dark chocolate. Uh, extra... extra dark. Uh, and... That one's pistachio. Okay, I'm going to try this one out, because this one looks like pure pistachio, which yeah. can be overwhelming. Ooh. Very, very pistachio. What is What's in your glass? I what don't do we know. open up? You poured it. It's a... <laughs> it's a Kolsch. I thought we went with Pilsner. No. Oh. I told you. Really? We had a Kolsch and a Pilsner that were the options. So, I picked Kolsch, because I had two of them. And this is from Ferment. The brewery out in Hood River. I... So, describe what you're tasting. Well, hold on. Mm. It's hoppy. Uh-huh. I don't associate Pilsner's nor Kolsch's with mm. being hoppy. But, this is the Pacific Northwest. I know, and but when I drink a Pilsner or a Kolsch, I want it to be very German. That is the most pistachio dessert. Was it good? It's actually really good. If you like pistachio, it's like creamy, still really rich. It's got some sweetness. But that's a that's a chocolate. It's not chocolate. I guess it's kind of like, like white, white chocolate. I think it's white. Yeah. I think, yeah, white chocolate. But very much pistachio flavored. Um... I like nuts. Big fan of nuts out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good nutty dessert. A little piece of chocolate. Good. 
Good. And now I'm sweeted out. <laughs> Good. You'll save the others. Yeah, There's, I will. Uh, five more, and I've got myself two. But I'm, I'm going to toss those for... in the fridge for when we get back from our road trip because... Those are rich and really good, and I want to keep them for a time when I want a good chocolate. Yeah. I'm going to try out this Kolsch because I remember it being good, but Kolsch typically has, like, a really... Because it's, it's, it's a cold fermented ale. Mm-hmm. Not lager, but they do... It's like the town of Kolsch, Cologne. Cologne. There you go. They... Wanted to do a lager, cold fermented lager, like the rest of Germany. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, we can't do that. Because everyone else already does that. In, like, Pilsners and other, like, Munich lagers. So, like, what what would be different? And I think they had some sort of law, specifically in Cologne. There's always a law. Where they couldn't do that for some reason. Like, importing grain. They needed to use local grain. So they could only do ales. So they were like, well, we'll do a cold fermented ale. And that's what makes a Kolsch a Kolsch. But I, when I think of a nice, good German Kolsch sitting in those little tiny glasses on the sidewalk in Germany, I think that they're sweeter than that. No, I, it's close. It's, it's real close. It's it too hoppy. Definitely has a little bit of the bitterness from the hops. But it's not overwhelming. Too hoppy. And I'm just, I just had something that's really, really rich and sweet. So I would think that I'd be overwhelmed by the bitterness of a bitter beer, like an IPA. I don't think I'm overwhelmed by that. I'm going to go with, it's not too, it's definitely not totally on style. If you poured that for a German, they'd be like, this is, uh-uh. <laughs> but me being a, I'm trying not to be a beer snob. It's good. If you like Kolsch style things and you want to have something like that fresh brewed in the Pacific Northwest. Because you're not going to get a fresh German, truly German, authentic Kolsch. I know. But I feel like we've been closer than this. I think that you go too far to the other end of the spectrum if you go to places like Occidental. Yeah, but I like Occidentals. Because you like a sweeter Kolsch. Yeah, because that's what you get on the sidewalk in Cologne. I don't think they're that sweet. I think they're sweet, but they're not that sweet. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think that, and and we have two different types of palates. We do. So you have a, you tend to like the sweet, you always traditionally like things that are on the sweet side, mm-hmm. regardless of anything else. If it tends to be on the sweeter side, you tend to like it more. Which is interesting why I like you. Yeah, I'm not very sweet. Um, whereas I like things that are bitter, which makes 100% sense why I like you. Yeah. <laughs> You're Checks welcome out. for that setup. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like sour and bitter <laughs> right on brand I like sour <laughs> sweet and sour sour patch kids so 100% on brand for me uh, that I, I like bitter things and that one that's a good it's a bitter-ish it's a little bit more on the bitter side for a Kolsch but I think that that keeps it refreshing mm. uh, and it, it's a good beer to pair with a barbecue um, if you're just sitting out and you want to have something to go with a hot dog heck yeah ferments uh got a good one pretty solid summer beer let's move right along into our uh quiz before this podcast gets way too long Uh, i gotta find it okay we are not on winespectator.com this time oh boy we are on unraveling wine 
Okay. It says it's a useful wine blog. Is it useful? We'll find out. So, we are on 25 questions to test your wine knowledge. <laughs> and it's the longest wine quiz that we found. Here we go. I didn't know it was 25. Okay. Here we go. Let's okay. go. Rapid fire. What kind of grape is Cabernet Sauvignon? It is gr- red grape. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which wine <laughs> is often described as buttery? This is wild. Uh, Chardonnay. Rosé can only be made with pink grapes. False. Wine making began in France. No, false. Riesling can be sweet or dry. Yes. What is sparkling wine in Spain called? Uh, Cava. We went over that in the last one. What's another name for the Chenin Blanc grape? Uh, I'll go back to that last question. Cava is sparkling wine from Cava. Or like that one specific region in Spain. I'm pretty sure other regions of Spain also have sparkling wine. So it's called sparkling wine. Or that's, whatever sparkling wine is in Spanish. That's not the, that's not a choice. Do you want I know. choices? No. No. Okay. I, I know that it's Cava. Oh, you're just being a smartass. I'm being a smartass. Got it. Okay. Well, what's another name for the Chenin Blanc grape? Chenin Blanc? Seville Sev- Blanc? Mm, that's not a choice. What is it? What are they? You've got Steen. Uh-huh. Chenin Bianco. Uh-huh. Sancerre or Viognier? Sancerre. Malbec originated in what country? Uh, France. That's... Oh, that is the choice. Okay. What grape <laughs> grown in Chile <laughs> was, an, was originally thought to be Merlot? Uh... God, I don't know. Do That's you, the you first one that stumped me. You've got Cabernet Sauvignon. Chardonnay. Uh-huh. Carmenere? Carmenere? It's Carmenere. Oh. Sanso. Yeah, Carmenere. What does it mean when a wine is corked? Uh, it's doesn't, it's been destroyed by the cork. <laughs> what is orange wine? It's white grapes that have been aged on the, um, casings. On the skins. Yeah. I, I, again, I can't think of them as skins. I don't want to think, because, like, then it reminds me that they did surgery on a grape. <laughs> and I don't like being constantly reminded of the fact that they did surgery on a grape. So, uh-huh. they're casings like a hot dog. So, are grapes like a hot dog? Absolutely. <laughs> Cabernet Franc is the parent grape of which other grapes? I'm going to give you the choices, because there's two in each one. Okay. Actually, there's three in some of them. Oh, boy. Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon, and Syrah. Hold on. What? That's I'm one choice. Confused. Wait, can I get the question again? Cabernet Franc is the parent grape of which other grapes? Okay, go ahead. Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon, and Syrah. Nope. Merlot and Sauvignon Blanc. Nope. Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Carmenere. Car- Car- Carmenere. <laughs> That's not how it's spelled. Cabernet Sauvignon and Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, the last answer. Cabernet Sauvignon and Sauvignon Blanc? Yeah. Okay. What is the main grape of Chianti? Uh, Sangiovese. Okay. Uh, Shiraz and Syrah are the same grape. Correct. Shiraz is Australian. <laughs> and, uh, if you aren't listening to this Australian podcast, you should be. It's the Celador 
podcast. Mm. 10 out of 10. I don't listen to podcasts. I do. Which and, is amazing that I'm on one. Uh, 10 out of 10 if you're looking for some Australian content. And he has interviews with a lot of really cool people in the wine industry. That's uh, that's one for you to check out. If you're looking for another one, if you haven't already listened to that one, that's a good one to check out. Uh, okay, which is not located in Bordeaux. Okay. Uh, Margot. Okay. Duvray. Uh-huh. Pomerol. Medoc. Duvray? Okay. Yeah. What is the main white grape of Burgundy? Uh, it's Sauvignon Blanc. How many pounds of grapes are needed to make a bottle of wine? I think it's six pounds. That is a choice. So that will be the choice that you make. What wine would go best with oysters? I'm going to give you your choices. Albarino. It's not a choice. Okay. Syrah. Okay. <laughs> That's not it. That ain't it. <laughs> so turn. So Sauternes. It's a sweet wine made in France. I hate it here. Muscadet, Merlot. Hmm. Muscadet. Okay. Which wine goes best with French fries? Uh, whatever the frick you want. Okay, what, what's your gut reaction choice? Uh, whatever's in my glass. Oh, okay. So, Champagne. Uh-huh. Malbec. Port. Uh-huh. Shiraz. <laughs> Obviously Champagne. Okay. Because... That sounds delicious now that I think about it. <laughs> right. Um, at some point, we're going to have McDonald's fries, because those sound amazing, and we're going to have those paired with a sparkling wine. We have plenty of examples of sparkling wine we, we can pop open at any point in time we want. We do. So, at some point, we're going to pop open probably the Columbia. You're going to use that for French fries? A glass of it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. frickin mm. I don't know if it'll be McDonald's or it could be our own French fries that have uh, the correct seasoning on them. Salt? No, the stuff that we have in the. You're red... gonna make frozen French fries. Yeah. No. What? Yeah. Or we could make fresh ones, like homemade ones. I'm not doing that. Oh, that'd be so good though. Okay, buy me a walk. Bring it over to your dad. Buy me a walk. I will buy you a walk for that. All right, which Spanish white grape is matched correctly to its region? So I'm going to have to give you your choices. Oh boy, here we go. This is my best attempt at Spanish. Okay. Almarino. Okay. To Rias Brioxis. Okay. Uh, Godeo Toro. It's a pronunciation landmine. Yeah, it's better I'm doing this than you. Uh-huh. Verdejo, Rioja, Garnacha, I don't know what the CH sound does in Spanish. Can I see it? Garnacha, Blanca, Gu- yeah. Rueda. Uh, I'm going to go with C. Verdejo and Rioja? I, the ones I can say. I'm guessing that that's not it, but I'm just going to go with answering C because I don't know what it is. Okay. Which grapes are the same? Was Albarino Rias Bajas? Yes. Can I see that? That's correct. That's so the first one? That's the correct one. Oh, it won't let you change it. Oh, no. Which grapes are the same? Okay. 
Grenache and Garancha. Okay. Uh, Zibibil. Okay. <laughs> and Muscat of Alexandria. Malbec and Cot. All of these grapes are matched correctly. Um... I'm going to go with Grenache, the first one. Okay. I think that's wrong, though. Well, too late. I think that's wrong. Which is not a style of port. Okay. Ruby. Uh, I know that's right. That's a thing. That is a... That's a thing. We literally had that. Ruby port is like... Okay, sure. Uh, Amontillado. Oh, boy. Your pronunciation of port... I don't do Spanish. Portuguese. Oh, I don't do that either. Uh, Colgietas or LBV. Okay, I'm going to have to look at these. Uh, Not a style. Late bottle vintage is LBV. Ruby is a thing. I'm going to go with Colgietas. Okay. Uh, Torontes. It's a white grape from what country? Uh, that is Italy. Okay. Which Italian grape Wait, is... Wait, no, that's got to be wrong. You chose it. You chose oh, it. Oh, no. I picked it. It was a choice. I didn't even think about that. Okay, well, there we go. Which Italian grape is matched correctly with its region? I mean, they grow everything in Italy, so it's not like it wouldn't be entirely correct. Let's go with the regions of Italy. Let's go. All right. Aglianico. Wow, your pronunciation is amazing. Give me the French back. Why are we not in France? Can I just read them for the viewers? You're You're going to read it? Yeah, I'm going to read it. Your pronunciation is not any better. Aglianco, uh, Pinot Grigio, and Sardinia, uh, Sangiovese, and Valtellizia, uh, Nebbiolo, and Barolo. You skipped half half of the syllables in all of those words. What? That's how Italian is. Valpolizia? That's not what you said the first time, and that's still not what that says. Valpoliziella. Uh, which Italian grape is matched correctly? Nebbiolo and Barolo. Uh, Pinotage is a cross between which two grapes? Uh, Pinot. <laughs> and... Pinot what? Pinotage is red, so Pinot Noir. Okay, and? Uh, Taj. Oh my god. I hate it here. Like the Taj Mahal. Mm, Okay, well the two choices that have Pinot Noir with them are Sincel and Carmenier. Carmenier? Yeah. Is that your choice? Uh, yeah. That one? Yep. Was that the last one? I have to... No, I'm not doing that. Skip and show me results. You got 16 out of 25. That's passing. Is right? it? Yeah. yeah. Alright, let's see. Which ones did you get wrong? That's like a 64. Okay. The first one you got wrong was, what's another name for the Chenin Blanc grape? It's Steen. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. I know I did worse as I went on. 
Cabernet Franc is the parent grape of Cabernet Sauvignon and Sauvignon Blanc. That feels... Oh, wait. Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet Franc are parents of Cabernet Sauvignon. I'm an idiot. Uh, the main white grape of Burgundy is Sauvignon Blanc and not Chardonnay. Oh, really? Wait, wait, I said Sauvignon Blanc, not Chardonnay. You said Chardonnay. What? Oh, no, you said Sauvignon Blanc and not Chardonnay. It is Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Burgundy? That's what I said. I thought Bordeaux. That's why I screwed that one up. Okay. Uh, you need two and a half pounds of grapes, not six, to make uh, a bottle of wine. Apparently. Muscadet. You can pair with oysters and french fries. Uh, it was the first Spanish white grape in region. Yeah, that's why I said I was wrong. I, like, we tried to correct it and uh, then it yeah, didn't yeah. let us. Uh, which grapes are the same? They're all matched correctly. Oh, okay. You got the type of port wrong. Yeah, and then I I said it out loud, and I'm like, I think I've watched a video about someone and said, they said that word. <laughs> and Toronto's, I said Italy, and then I was like, oh, God, that can't be right. And I knew it couldn't be right, but if it, if it came down to it, I probably would have picked Chile over Argentina, which Argentina is the correct answer. And you got Pinotage wrong. Yeah. Pinot Noir and Senso. Well, I thought it was only one answer. (laughs) You said there was only one thing that was Pinot Noir. No, I said two. Oh, okay. I literally gave you both the choices. But I wouldn't have known any better one versus the other. No. So, eh. There you go. There we go. I probably would have gotten 17 out of 25, giving myself credit back for the Uh, one that I would have corrected. I tried to correct it, and I I said it out loud. I know. So I'm going to say I got 17 out, and that is four points more. It's 68 out of 100. So I got a 68%. That's almost, that's a D plus. I give myself a D plus. That would not pass the Somalia exam. No. I would fail that. You have to have 70%. I'm 2% away? I'm so close. Uh, although, do you think that they'd be that hard yes. on the first one? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm fucked. That's why you're choice, taking it. It's a multiple choice test. I wouldn't have gotten that many, probably. Oh. So yeah, are you I'm saying, never the one that gets quizzed. I, I know quiz I always things. quiz you. You I'm, never quiz me. I'm the quiz master. Mm. I, I know things. You should go on that show. <laughs> what? The quiz master. Is that a thing? It's a British show. Oh. I don't know. Any, British TV is insane. Mm-hmm. British TV is absolutely freaking bonkers. So if anyone has the opportunity to watch British TV... Like, if you're in London and you don't have anything else to do, go back to your room and just bring back your liquid of choice, your snacks of choice. I might recommend any British beer or any, you know, uh, wine. They actually make some good wine, in, in especially their sparkling wine. So pick up yourself a sparkling British wine made in the style of champagne and make really good ones. And bring back some digestives. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. The caramel digestives little covered tiny in chocolates. The like little bits, not like the big biscuits that are normally digestives, but like the little chunks. Yep. They taste amazing. They go great with your beverage of choice. 
regardless of whatever you choose. And later on in the evening, you're going to enjoy them a second time. Mm -hmm. And that was 10 out of 10. One of the best British experiences because most of their food is bland. And yet their digestives, which are there for digesting, Mm -hmm. are 10 out of 10. One of the best snacks in the world. Yeah, and we saw a bunch of dicks while we ate them. Yes. Uh... Uncensored. British TV is uncensored. Yep. Very, very, very much so. Yep. Um, Naked Attraction. Naked Attraction. That's, That's the one. Yep. And they lift a, a. They have a naked person standing behind this wall. Many naked persons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and, you, <laughs> and they vote them out based on like their. So they go. It goes like they lift the wall up to like the knee of the people, uh-huh. and then they're like, "Ooh, I don't like that person's shins." <laughs> Lower legs. Their and feet. that person is gone. The feet person? I can't imagine being a foot person on that show and being like, oh man, that person's foot? Gross. I would not pay $5 to see their feet online. I, well, see, my problem is it, they just show me the feet and be like, none of them. I'm out. <laughs> but it goes to like their knee and then it goes to like their upper thigh. Does it go straight to their... Uh, I think I feel like there's two things. I think there's two it, things like, before reveals. they go to the junk. Yeah, and there's men and there's ladies. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, you're you're just going up straight, just straight to what, and they they comment on whether it's shaved or not. Like, uh-huh. oh, that person takes care of their genitalia. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and then it's like to your neck. And then the last one, they finally show the face when they pick the person that they want to go on a date with. Yeah. And then they, like, show the date that they go on. And... It's so weird. I'm waiting. I, I want to watch more of it and see if one of their, the episodes, they just go to a, straight to a nudist camp. Like, they're fully embracing the nudity. <laughs> okay, so we need that... What is that? That VPN that everybody... Yeah. ...does? We need them to sponsor us so that we can watch... NordVPN. NordVPN! Sponsor us so we can watch Naked Attraction. Hey, they're already getting free merchandise... Free uh, advertising on here, so... <laughs> Welcome to welcome to the parched podcast. We're just yeah. All right. <laughs>